Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pages of HR. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast provides insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. By the end of these conversations, we hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. In last month's episode, I chatted with Genevieve Hawkins, a senior executive with extensive experience in leading major change programs in large organizations. Welcome back to part two of our discussion about her book, Mentally at Work, Optimizing Health and Business Performance Through Connection. Listen in as we discuss why leaders should take employee mental health seriously rather than delegating the responsibility, the importance of conversations and the way we interact with each other, what a mental health workplace strategy is and what it isn't, and so much more. Enjoy. Now, in that response, I'm thinking a lot about leadership as well, uh, obviously and naturally, right? But of course, leaders taking employee mental health seriously rather than delegating that responsibility. Uh, because if they do that, then it's really just a continuance of being down here. Am I correct in that assumption? Or Absolutely. Absolutely. And th- this is one of the things that managers have to get their heads around where, you know, in the past, well, certainly what I've seen in businesses, you go, we have our um, health and wellbeing manager or mental health, you know, usually often it's titled health and wellbeing manager, but it's kind of, you know, I've seen so many managers kind of look left or look right and go uh, HR are doing something aren't they like what's what's the program because there's some things apparently and I've seen managers going oh apparently we need to talk about mental health so can HR do some stuff so people are okay and can I then get on get on with my work and and I'll be like "Mm, okay let's let's have a conversation about this because ultimately what every manager has to do is own the relationship that they have with their direct reports with their teams and actually with everyone that they interact with. You know, I talked before about the little pebble and that reverberation of things. At a senior manager level, you have an enormous amount of responsibility for the way in which you interact with people. And so what's really important, I think, from an HR practitioner point of view or professional point of view is that this isn't about a health and wellbeing and manager running a program where we teach individuals about you know, but particularly said, I'm seeing the biggest trend saying, let's talk about mental health first aid. And I'm not, I'm not discounting mental health first aid in terms of understanding how to deal with someone when they're really struggling. But what's really, really important is how do we actually teach the leaders of the future? It is your responsibility. You cannot outsource it. It's, I mean, there's a, there's a book in the, a book, a chapter in the book that I talk about. Um, it's your, what is it? You cannot outsource mental health. It is your song. Um, and I do a bit of an analogy to singing because um, I love I love singing, I love music, but and it's also this sort of understanding of what does it mean to sing a harmonious song, and that you as the leader are actually the musical director. You're the one that's orchestrating how this turns out. You can't sit on the sidelines and expect someone else to do it because it won't work. It, it, in fact, because what happens is that when, when a leader steps back from it and says, HR, can you, can you do something? By default, they are, still, they are still orchestrating a song. It's just a really discordant song that doesn't actually make any sense. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. I love that. You cannot outsource mental health. It is your song. 
And that's also a beautiful and quite eloquent way, eloquent way, excuse me, uh, of someone taking responsibility and accountability as well. Uh, and that's exactly what we need to do. I think period, micro and uh, macro level. Uh, it's so interesting because if we all if we all do that and saying it, it's someone else's and and I see that in so like I was talking about at an individual level going you have to own your mental health like you have to own your own mental health the way you have to own your physical health and one of the first steps is we have to help everyone understand what it takes to look after your mental health because people get it on a physical side of things you know if I eat donuts and smoke cigarettes every day I get it at some stage that's going to come back to bite me. But we don't necessarily understand. So what does that mean from a mental health perspective? So we have to go own it, own your own mental health. But by the same token, a leader can't sit there and go, oh, well, everyone has to own their own mental health. So I'm not responsible for anyone else's mental health. They all have to own their own. Now, I go, you can't, you can't get away from that self-responsibility. However, as a leader, and in fact, everyone has to understand this, the way in which we interact with everyone Every conversation has a capacity to lift someone up and strengthen their mental health or actually break that mental health down. And so we have a responsibility in, as humans to each other, to be good humans, to understand how we interact with each other. And, and the third layer for leaders is you have to understand the whole ecosystem of your workplace. What are the, how do you design your work and how are you setting up people to succeed or fail in the way in which you design stuff? Because if you're setting people up to fail, not deliberately often, but without realising it, you have unrealistic expectations of people, all of that sort of stuff. That causes people to get head down that continuum of, of into poor mental health. Absolutely. I love that you, you brought up the point that I was teeing up uh, to bring it back to you about how it's, it's uh, as a leader, it's your responsibility, uh, the way that you interact with other people. So again, I love that. Now, this is all new for many people. And, you know, whether it's personally or professionally, uh, likely both for many of us, we need to, we have to understand, you know, what a mental health strategy is and what it isn't. And many of us may not even know how to go about it. Uh, so any advice there? Uh, what is a mental health workplace strategy? What is it and what is it not? Where, where would an HR leader start? So, well, of course, I might be biased and go start with reading the book. <laughs> Absolutely. It's practical. Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, I think, and, and in fact, in all seriousness, because I actually have had HR practitioners that have said that I've read the book and reading the book has helped me think about what the strategy should be. Yeah, I love that. So even though you're going, it's written for a leader, when you actually, as an HR practitioner, you read it and you go, ah, I get I get that. Because I, I go, and I have to confess, like I'm a bit unusual in my background in sitting in this role because I actually have, um, like, so my undergrad's in occupational therapy, got a postgrad in change, um, like I've a postgrad in occupational hazard management. So there's a whole lot of stuff that I've dealt with in people and systems. I've dealt, spent ages in workers' comp understanding complex people issues um, but then and then moved into these more and more senior roles and, and doing all sorts of different things there. But I think, you know, from a strategy point of view, I, I kind of step back first of all and go, what is it that you are trying to achieve? Like what what does success look like for you? And, and you need to kind of link, and I'd always go, link back to going, wh- where's this organisation heading and culturally what's it about? And, and not the not the value statements on the wall, 
Um, but the values that are really lived, like what's really going on in terms of, of the reality of the culture of this workplace and and how do you, and because there's almost a step that I'd challenge HR practitioners or sorry, HR professionals to go back to on, you know, what, what, where does this, what does this organisation need to be like from a cultural perspective to, in order to be really successful? And how do you then think if what's my people's strategy overall, what I'm trying to do, and how does this mental health, what does what mental health, how does mental health play into that? What is it that we need to do around that? Because there's this first piece for me around disconnection between what a company says they stand for and the reality of what they are. And if I'm a new person coming into a workplace and you say, oh, you know, we're really caring and we're really flexible and you can do whatever you, you know, work wherever you want. And the first time I come in, the manager says, and you're going to be in here every single day and I expect you in it, you know, by this time and, and that stuff. Then you go, oh, I'm feeling mismatch. And when I feel mismatch, I will feel uncomfortable. So that's kind of animal brain bit, feel uncomfortable. So Go, what's the vision overall for the company and culture? What's the vision, therefore, of what, what, what do we want to do from a mental health perspective? And if we sit there and, and you go at a broad level of going, I want this to be a mentally healthy workplace. I want this to be a safe place to people for people to come to. In fact, I'd go, let's go beyond safe. I want this place to be a joyous place. I mean, joy, but there is a level of going, how do, you, how do I love coming into this workplace? Um, and then it's then being able to go, you've got to understand that full system to then go, what are the things that I need to do? So what I see where I'd argue oh, that's not a strategy, it's some pieces of work, is where people go, well, look, we're going to do some mental health first aid training for people. So let's do some mental health first aid training and um, do, now I'm just trying to think, is, are you, I don't know whether Are You OK Day is Australian or international. Um, do you have Are You OK Day? I, are You OK Day? I yeah. don't know. I've never yeah. heard of it. So, so there could be, you know, there's things like, you know, like there'll be Mental Health Awareness Week or there'll be whatever it be. And people go, we're going to we're going to have conversations. We're going to have conversations at that time. So let's let's um, talk about mental health. And, and to be fair, there's always a starting point to go, we need to talk about it. Like we need to get people comfortable with talking about it. But if you're just going, I'm going to do a couple of events, we'll have some morning teas, we'll, we'll get some expert speakers in, we'll do some mental health first aid training and we'll do some stuff on wellbeing where we go fruit on Friday or whatever it might be. I'd go, that's not a strategy. That's like some pieces of, you know, things that may or may not make it a difference. Whereas from a strategy point of view, you've got to be able to think deeply about what's this organisation about? What's its culture about? How do we create the healthiest culture for people to thrive in? And then within that, what are the things that we need to do to build up our leaders' capability to actually create the environment that we need for people? So being able to step back from HR as the, um, we can solve the problem at an individual level to saying how do we help systemically so I kind of expect that strategy to go you need to have a look at leadership capability you need to have a look at organizational design so that you're actually getting reasonable things you know reasonable um, work constructed so that people actually can go I know what I to do you need to have how do you create a feedback culture so that it, there's some safety in the way in which talk you know so it's so I go at a, at a short, that's really the long way of going, what it isn't a strategy is some pieces of work that says we're doing some stuff about mental health. 
what is the strategies going? We've thought deeply about this organisation, where it's heading, what its culture is, and what we need people to experience within the workplace in order to bring their best. And then we're going, our strategy is going to look at it systemically to go, what are the things that we can do? Now, within that, you can have a block on and we'll help the individual. So let's help to educate the individual about what they need to do. There is a block that says, yes, sure, we need to make sure if someone's struggling that we can help them. But at an HR level, we should be thinking org design, leadership capability. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, and hearing you frame it the way that you just did, and I just saw someone like, planting their seeds, being intentional about what they want to plant. They're watering them, they're, take, they're tending to their garden, uh, and they're growing what it is that they want. And I think that's kind of how culture should be. We need to be intentional about it. We need to think about it, be strategic about it, and, you know, throw some love in there. And it's a harmonious song. This is a choir. We're orchestrating the it's choir. It's a harmonious song. If I, I can't sing, but it doesn't stop me. So <laughs> we can still do it here, Jen. I'm okay with that. <laughs> in fact, I talk in the book about that idea of saying, you know, when you come into a choir, um, well, you know, if, if you're asked to sing in a choir and you're going, I don't really know how to sing, you actually go, I'm going to stand with some people that, you know, look a bit like me and I'll do what they're doing. I'll try and mouth those words and look, you know, like I belong. Um, and because if I, if I sing out loud and I'm really discordant, I might get, really uncomfortable now of course what I then do is is go but the the uh, musical director goes I'm going to coach some stuff out of you here so come on I believe in you because I think everyone can sing it might take a bit of practice but let me help you to build up that that skill and let me make you feel like you've got people wrapped around you that can um to help to help you learn Absolutely. A couple more questions for you, Jen, and I'm out of your hair. Uh, one of the last things that I would like to talk about that we have not hit on, uh, you talk about in the book as well about different innovations in mental health that uh, successful companies have implemented, have implemented, excuse me, uh, to great effect. Could you give an example or two uh, about that? Yeah, and, and I would, well, I mean, I, I think sometimes um, I could be biased in some of the, the examples that I've got in the book of, of the ways in which we, we um can think about these, but but one of the, in fact, I do step through in the book the methodology for how you um, get a team to think about creating a mentally healthy workplace for them. And that's, to me, the piece that has been most successful in companies around this is that when we talked about it from a strategic point of view before, yes, there needs to be, um, you know, what what's org design look like at, at a total level and how do we build up leadership capability? So from an HR perspective, you think about that way. What I see organisations do where it works really well is how do I empower the individual leader to get their team focused on what they can control? So people in HR will understand this whole thing about saying, is it in my control? Is it outside my control? We actually have to help people to go, that's outside my control. Can't do anything. What's inside my control? I can do something here. Um, and what is really, really easy to happen in a workplace is teams go, I'm just one cog in a big machine and I can't change anything. So, you know, what's the point? And we, we need to feel like we're in control. We need to feel like we're in that driver's seat. And so um, I see it work well where we can, where, where companies help to unlock the leader's ability to go, we can own what we own here. We can change some things. And, and I use, I think I use a simple example. There's a, a story I'm thinking of, which I think I've described in there, but I may not. But I remember working with a particular, um, this is when I was in the consulting space rather than the executive space, but 
working with this team that sits there and says they were all doing shift work and there was this uncomfortable space across the team because some people felt like others were um, getting more favourable shifts than others. So there was this view that says you get you don't have to work as many night shifts, why am I doing the night shifts that I'm doing? And we were unpacking that as as a team and as leaders. But, you know, again, working them through, the, it, it took a bit to identify that, by the way. So there's this methodology of going, here's these questions, get each of these people to sit there and answer these questions themselves and get them in a room and go, right, let's pull this all apart. What's the biggest problem right now that we think is interfering with our ability to trust each other and work effectively together? And and you pulled it and you've got to kind of, you know, pull the strings out enough to go, okay, okay here we go. Here's this issue, which was about fairness which is often a classic thing from, a, from a, a conflict perspective in a team to go, I feel like I'm carrying more of a load than someone else. And so getting the team to go, well, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, what do you do with that? And, um, and being able for them to identify, well, we just, what can help us is greater visibility. Like maybe actually that's what's needed because the person that was doing all the shifts going, no one's getting special treatment. Like it's, it's there. This is where it is. But you go, well, how do we create greater visibility? Because maybe actually the visibility is what people go, oh, oh, I thought this, but here's what I see. Um, and they could control that themselves. They could do that. Like they could go, we can, we can own this as a team. Now, that's a very small example of stuff, but but this is a constant thing in big organisations in particular where people go, I can't change the system. And I go, yes, you can. It's not you can change everything about the system, but a system, the way a system works, if you change one part of it, there's flow and effect. So, you know, often the your question sometimes asked of me around um, what do I do because my manager's horrible, you know, like I, or I don't see other people at my level behave the way you're suggesting we should behave. And I kind of challenge people to go, what, what, so because other people don't behave well, you think it's okay for you to not behave well? Like what's the, like? How do you create a bubble for yourself and your team? And how do you go? Okay, team. I don't want you to sit there and complain about everyone else. I want us to look at each other and go. Let's create a bubble here about how we treat each other, how we behave, how we create that safe haven. And then you then help to start create other bubbles because you then look at someone else and go, Why don't you create your bubble? And if you create your bubble, actually our bubbles will join together and we get a bigger bubble. So um, there's, there, there is that whole thing that keeps coming back to the most successful innovation in this space is when it actually gets back to individuals and teams feeling, I'm in the driver's seat here. I can do something. I can influence the system. This is what I'm going to do to influence the system. I love that. And I love the idea of the bubble too. And we just all get these big bubbles and we keep making bigger bubbles and we're reaching more people, we're impacting yeah. more people, more yeah. people, we're changing more people. And, and it's awesome. And that's, I get, I get excited at, um, it's like, cause you then send bubbles off into the world. Like as a senior level, like I look at the people who've, who've left my team to go on and do bigger and better things. Um, and then stay in touch. And I just go, oh, I love watching the bubble that you're growing now over there. This is awesome. So we have, you know, that ripple effect. We can help We can help grow the bubble and we can help have little bubbles go up elsewhere and grow bigger bubbles elsewhere. We have an amazing level of impact. Absolutely. Small, uh, ripple, small ripples affect uh, big waves. Yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. I love that. I love that. One final question for you. 
But before I ask that, Jen, is there anything else that you'd like to add or talk about? Well, look, Bianca, how many hours have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love so I, I love this place. There's so many things we, we could talk about. So I, what I would probably say is if people are listening to this and then going, oh, but I've got a couple more questions, maybe we have to come back and have another conversation. Absolutely. We sure can. We sure can. I love that. My final question for you, Jen, what does your next chapter look like? Oh, what does my next chapter look like? Um, I love that. Do you know my next chapter is I'm going to write another book? <laughs> I'm here for it. I have I have book number two in my in fact it's not even just in my head I've started um, I've started kind of pulling it out a little bit more and thinking about it a bit more I, I think that um, but but there is an element for me going I it's not like I have all the answers I don't think any of us have all the answers and I'm what I love about being in an executive role but doing something like this is saying I'm not sitting on the sides. It's so easy to sit on the sides and go, oh, you should do that. You should do that. Like, you know, and you go, I'm in the midst of the the day-to-day pressures of the the P&L, like of of running a business and making difficult decisions and um, dealing with a range of different people issues. And what I love for me is that lifelong leadership journey of, of going, how do I keep learning in what's working or what's not working? And what am I, how do I, where do I fail? Where do I go? I tried that and that that just didn't work. And so for me, part of this next, like why I then want to write another book, which is kind of why I wrote this book in the first place was I want to help people. I, I have this innate desire that says, if I go back to what I was saying earlier, we we have some massive problems that we are facing as a, as a world, massive problems in so many different areas, and it is so easy to feel overwhelmed by that. And if we do not face into how we actually, so I do fundamentally go, I want people to join me in reversing the trend on anxiety and depression in the developed world. Like we, we need to own it as human beings to say we have to do something here because if we can't wrestle that, we will not solve the rest of the problems. So this, for me, perhaps the short thing is going, I think this next chapter is going, how do I amplify this? How do I amplify this this call to, to all of us to go, we have to face into this because we need to solve complex problems together and we can't solve complex problems together if we don't feel safe and connected and valued by the people that we're working with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm your cheerleader. Whatever I can do, uh, I'll get pumped I'll get pom-poms and I'll come to wherever you are to, to help out. <laughs> I, love that. I love that, Jen. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. I've truly, truly enjoyed your company. Likewise, Bianca. It's been a lovely conversation. Absolutely. I appreciate that. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HR Pages, and we're also now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time when we turn the page.